Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. When facing a divorce, sometimes you might feel like the battle for property settlement is just not worth it. There are a multitude of scenarios that we've heard over the years we've been doing the course and the podcast, why people have decided they're just, they don't want to do anything anymore and it's not worth it. Today, we're going to explore seven scenarios where you might be in at right now feeling like it's not worth it and we're going to discuss with Lynn, our family law specialist of over 35 years and my mother, about what you should be thinking about if you're at this stage, feeling like it's not worth it because of one of these seven scenarios. So hang in there. We're going to talk about these situations and maybe, you know, you might get some clarity and some peace out of this. Hello, mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. We do have a lot of people that say, oh, it's it's not worth it. I'm just going to give up because of X, Y, Z. So let's touch on these common seven XYZs. <laughs> and let's start with the first one that we hear a lot. My ex is so smart or my ex has lawyered up, uh, you know, got a really expensive law firm. I'm getting all these letters. The fight to get what's fair is just going to be too hard and I just want to give up. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I, I, I feel your pain. I definitely do. And uh, we see it a lot in, in court cases and, and clients and things where the other party has a, a lawyer and then you think, well, you know, I'm, and yet usually, sorry to our male listeners, but particularly if they get an aggressive male lawyer, an aggressive male barrister, you feel very overwhelmed. But it, you do need to, for your future self, at least think about going, whether you're going to keep going with this or not. You need to know what you're giving up, I guess. Mm. And these people can only work within the parameters of the Family Law Act and the system. And sometimes I think the more aggressive the other side is, the more they've got to lose because why would your ex have a lawyer like that lawyered up and why would they argue so much unless there's something you should be getting and they don't want you to even try. So just I'd be very careful of that situation and try and like get your strength up, talk to a friend and fight for what's fair for you. Mm. When someone says, oh, my ex is really smart or mm. they're really manipulative and sneaky and they lie and just trying to unpick all of that is just going to be not worth the effort, what do you say to that? Yeah, they never. I don't think they're ever as smart as they think they are. And one thing I, I really want everyone to remember is that this, the Family Law Act has been around since 1975. So in that time, since the beginning of the Family Law Act, I reckon the court's seen everything. There is nothing your ex can do, clever, smart or tricky or otherwise, that hasn't been tried before. And pretty well the court's dealt with. So there's cases that you can raise that stop this person getting, you know, doing the wrong thing by you. They've changed the legislation. And now... I haven't seen someone avoid justice in the court for years and years and years. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So I guess if you're there sitting right there right now going, oh, yeah. look, you might not think your ex is smart, but you might think your ex is just a pain in the butt and a manipulative, sneaky, lying person and you're just worried that it's just not worth it. What you're saying, mum, is don't worry. They'll, they, they can get it. They That's can right. get it and they get their comeuppance. They do. Their um, uppance comes. Yes. <laughs> comes. Sometimes it's in the witness box, but do you know what's better is if they never really get called to account because who cares? They're going to lie their way through life. You'll never get 
that sort of exposure for, of them. Sometimes if they go to the witness box, you, they do come undone. But it, it doesn't matter. You've just got to get what you need and get out of it. Mm. So let them continue with their lies. You know it's not true. Uh, and that's their little fantasy world, I mm. guess. Okay. Yep. All right. Another very common scenario we get, Mum, is people say, well, I don't really see the point in doing consent orders for property because we hardly have anything. There's no, we, We've got nothing. We're renting a house yeah. and we don't have a car. We've got nothing. What's the point? So when those people are like, no, nah, it's not worth it. I'm mm. just going to stay married to this person, but just never see them again. And I'm not going to do any property settlement because there's no point. What do you say to them? I'd say, look, that's fine if that's how you want to be. Uh, but I think there are two costs to that. One is that peace of mind of shutting the door on that relationship so that when you move forward, you can do what you like with your stuff without looking over your shoulder. That's one. Explain why. What what, what do you mean you can do what you like without, without looking over well, your shoulder? Well, you know your money is your money and there's not going to be a claim from your ex on your money. So what you're saying is if they don't do anything at all, then there could be a claim on their money Later on. When? Yeah. How, how long well, later on? Well, we've got, if you're de facto, two years after separation mm-hmm. or if the court has other ex- reasons where they might extend that time. And with marriage, 12 months after the divorce, those are kind of your time frames, I guess. Okay. And and then after that time, normally they can't reopen it, but that, but there are circumstances where a court can reopen it. So say you're like, no, nah, we don't have anything. I'm walking away. Yep. And then you, I don't know, marry or date. Invest really well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, a wealthy person. Or you invest yeah. really well. You start a new business and things are kicking off and you're going great. And then, and then they put the hand up and, and go, go, I want property excuse settlement. Excuse me, I'm ready for property settlement now. And you go, hang on, we, we did this. You know, we cut, we shared our $1,500 in the bank and, mm-hmm. and we agreed to call it quits. Oh, no, where's the document that says this is mm. your property settlement? Where's the final seal on a document? And so I've seen people who have split the money. Yeah gone on their way and one person wastes it yeah and my client has saved and scrimped and then the ex says oh by the way can i have a share of that oh wow yeah and and because there wasn't a previous property settlement (gasps) they're entitled to no so so that case i've mentioned it before and hopefully our listeners remember it this is the case of farmer and bramley Mm -hmm. because Prior to this case, I used to say to people, if there isn't anything, let it go. Wait till the time limit passes um, and you're home free. Yes. Uh, But after Farmer and Bramley, that advice doesn't stand. So what happened in Farmer and Bramley? For those people who are going, ah, it's not worth it, we don't have much. So what happened in Farmer and Bramley, it's a reported case. I'm not breaching any confidentiality here. They were a couple who were married. I think they had four children and they were in a rented house with furniture and not much. And by all accounts, the father, the husband in that relationship had some issues with heroin and just generally not being a positive part of the family, shall we say. And mama. Yes. And then I think it was about 18 months later, he won $5 million. <laughs> and her lawyer, and I admire the lawyer because my advice at the time might have been, oh, well, it was after you separated. It mm. doesn't count. Mm. But the lawyer went and argued it in the court that, yes, he got that money after, but her contribution during the marriage was massive in terms of looking after the kids without any help from him. And the court gave her $795,000. Wow. And we all went, 
What, what year was that? Just put think, it in your mind. Yeah, I think it was about 2007, okay. 2000, something like that, but it was dramatic. So this big landmark case came yeah. down and everyone's like, wait, so the time limit technically isn't up when, Not, it, when you say it is. Yes, and also any post-separation assets that you receive, we used to kind of think didn't count mm-hmm. once the time limit went. Well, now it does. So we used to be able to, we used to say, oh, well, the old story would have been, well, you won that money, but you used your money to buy the ticket. You were separated. She made no contribution to it. So he mm. keeps all the money. Mm. But the court said no. The contribution made by a person to the relationship doesn't have to doesn't have to attach to any particular asset. She's made a non-financial contribution all the way through and then she got and look, I think that's great for her. But for our listeners who are thinking maybe I'll just leave things go, you need to either swear off Swear off getting yes, lotto tickets or or an inheritance might come your or way. Promotion. Don't do a good biz. Don't have a good business model. Yeah, and that's not that a great money. way to live your life. No, it's not. And and so it's better if there's nothing to split up much. Mm. Good. Write down that we each keep our own and get it stamped because if when he left mm. he had done that, mm. they'd written up a little order. Yes. Um, then she wouldn't have had a chance. So, look, not everyone is going to win the lotto, that's for sure, but you don't want to be living your life, like you said, looking over your shoulder. So if you're sitting there going, ah, this is not really worth fighting for the property, I don't really care, just keep this information in mind. And a very simple consent order with very simple wording, which we do have in the course, if you're interested with the catch-all, you can sign up to our wait list uh, to do the course. But it's in case being positive and saying, look, down the future, I want to have a potential life and I definitely don't want to have to share it with my ex (laughs) afterwards. Okay. All right. So that is two of the scenarios. The third scenario that we definitely hear a lot is I don't want to bother fighting for the assets and the money and everything. I just want peace for the sake of the kids. I don't I don't want to fight any of this. I want to be a good parent and I just want to be like, no, nah, the kids need peace and I don't want this war for years. What do you say to those mm. people? And look, I understand. I can yeah. absolutely understand. Totally. If, if you've been living in a terrible situation and you get out and you think, oh my goodness, this feels great. Mm. I don't want to start that argument again. Yeah. I think I would say to these people though, just make sure future you can live with your decision now. Mm. Because as time goes by, that relief will, you know, become the norm for you. And as your ex sort of trundles on and does you know what he likes with the property that he's got you may feel resentful Mm. Uh, particularly some people don't think about superannuation and if you're a young person you might think oh i'm not the old i'm not touching his super Mm. we agreed i wouldn't touch his super his super and and um but when you both turn 60 65 and suddenly he's got this massive superannuation and you haven't got anything future you is going to want to kick the old you in the pants for not doing it mm. so i think it it might not be worth it but you need to go and find out where you stand go mm. and talk to a lawyer find out where you stand um i think it probably is worth it and you know what you actually can't control what they do and how big a fight they make of it, mm. but you can to some extent control your reactions to it. 
because you're no longer in the house with this person. So you're a little bit impervious. But if you can go and get some psychiatric support or psychological support or friend supports mm. and just re- remember my fish analogy, reeling that fish in from the surf, he can play up all he likes and you just keep calmly reeling in and get your share. So basically, if yeah, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I just don't want to do it for the sake of the kids, I want mm. the kids to have peace, you can have peace and just not let it, like you said, mum, infiltrate your life, your every day-to-day life. Yeah. Treat it like a part-time job while you're getting all the paperwork done. Um, you, the kids don't need to know about any of it. Do you know, a counsellor um, of one of my clients rang me one time. Uh, there was an issue. And I said, I think she, I think my client was uh, trying to not sort of p- poke the bear, so mm, to speak, not upset mm. her ex. And uh, she said to me something that stayed in my mind ever since. And she said, appeasement, like trying to appease them, never works. So what she was saying is my client could have given everything to this bloke and he still would have been a fighting, grumpy, mm. you know, argumentative so-and-so. So, it, you know, you're, you're actually not guaranteeing peace by giving in. True. Because they're they're going to be themselves, aren't they? Mm. And they're going to throw a tantrum for the next thing they want and then you're going to appease them for that. That's right. And I guess if you've been in a relationship, if any of our listeners have been in a relationship where they've had to basically hold back and keep the peace and and not say, not, not disagree about something because they know it's going to cause drama, be aware that you might be still thinking in that pattern. Yeah, you're and, walking on eggshells. And you don't have to. You no. don't have to be thinking that anymore. If you're, if you're not separated uh, separated under one roof, which does make it tricky. Oh, yes. But if, you, if you've moved out and you're in a separate place. And you're safe. Let them have their tantrum and you don't have to witness it. Yep. But you do what's best for you. Yeah, I think so. And you do your power girl pose in the mornings mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. For, that for our ladies listening. And you can, you might as well give them something to be upset about. You might as well mm. get your proper share, proper share, because they're going to be upset anyway. And if it's not that money, it'll be something else. Well, mum, you've made valid points in the past in a negotiation process with these, these type of people mm. where you've said, look, if you give in to this thing and you don't seal the deal and seal the negotiation, then they're going to write to you again and ask for something else oh. and then you're going to give into that and you're going to give into that and you're going to give into that and it's never going to end. They're just going to keep trying taking things from mm-hmm. you. So I think even if you do just give into everything to keep the peace, get it in writing. Get it in writing <laughs> and you know, seal the deal yep. because otherwise they'll just keep coming back. Yep, for I more. think that's right. And it's very hard in the... For, for I think for women particularly, you go from trying really hard to make a marriage work and if the other person's really hard work, then you have to be quite dedicated to making the marriage work. Mm. And then when you finally leave or they leave, uh, it's hard to switch modes Yes, from, what, from looking out for both of you and trying to think of it as a unit mm. to sticking up for yourself. But manipulative and controlling people, they do that very quickly. You'll be astounded how quickly the other person goes, well, that's it. Mm. I, I, they stop paying your medical insurance. Mm. You think, I never would have thought he would do that or mm. she would do that, but it's so common. They're very technical, mm. very technical. I know someone who, and this wasn't a client, she rang her husband and she said, I'm leaving and, and when you come home, I won't be there. And she went down to the uh, petrol station where the car had been in for repairs and her husband 
had been there just minutes before and said he wouldn't pay for the repairs. So she ended up without a car. And and it was minutes, really. Mm. So the first thing they thought of was that, not mm. to pay the car repairs and thereby sort of trapping the woman at mm. home. So you, you think that it's an intact marriage, but it might have been coming apart slowly for a long time. Mm. And one of you has realised it quicker than the other one. So basically you need to, you know, realise that as much as you want to keep the peace, it, it you can keep the peace yourself within you and within your household, around your children, and your ex is going to do whatever they want. You can't control that. But why shoot yourself in the foot and not go and get property settlement just to keep the peace? This gets us onto mm. another one, Mum. People, they just want to give up. They don't want to be bothered with it because they're terrified of the costs of doing it. Yes. And they go, well, look, why would I bother doing it? It's going to cost so much money and I'd rather spend that money on a holiday. So what do you say to those people? Yeah, I, I understand. I can understand that. The, uh, it's it's probably one of the very few, few things you don't get a fixed quote for mm. usually mm. because it depends on how argumentative your ex is and how complex the matter becomes. So the court makes lawyers give estimates of costs, but they have to be such broad estimates that and when you get an estimate from a lawyer, they're not what it might do to take it all the way to trial, which probably is two years or a year of really intense work, the figure will sort of make her eyes water. But but really, um, you need to control your costs, I think, by educating yourself as much as you can. Use your lawyers wisely, and we'll talk about that um, later on in another podcast, um, and keep control. So ask for weekly bills and stuff. But it is, it's Worth it to at least pay the legal fees to find out what it is you're giving up. Yeah. And then if you're going to make a commercial decision that um, it's not worth spending $50,000 to get $30,000, well, that's fine, but you've made a conscious decision. I think you have to go and and, I and think, ask. Yeah, maybe look at it like this if you are told, oh, look, you've got a bung knee, you could probably put up with it for the rest of your life, but there is a surgery that you can do. You go to the, the doctor or the surgeon, you find out what are the benefits, what are the downsides of having the surgery, how much does the surgery cost, roughly how long it's going to be, and then they send you away to decide. To, to think about Am it. I going to have my surgery or am I just going to live with it for the rest of mm. my life? And then you look at the cost, you look at how much you can, you know, have you got the time, can you do this? It's kind of the same as going to see a lawyer. A little bit. I, I like the analogy. Yeah. Only, only sometimes someone else is ordering the operation on your knee, and you don't have a choice this because is true. This so, is so, true. I know they don't in your knee. But sometimes you're the respondent, and yeah. they've gone to court, yeah. and you think I'm not going to fight. It's not worth it. Yes. Yes. So, so but you I need, understand. So There's you, a quote that we need to have dollar figures, and it, if not, you know, the closest thing to a definite dollar figure you can get mm. is hourly rate. Right. So, hourly rate. So you've got to ask a lawyer for an hourly rate. Yes. And and people are so afraid. They say legal costs. Oh my gosh. And you hear all these horror stories. We spent this much on legal fees. We spent this much on oh. legal fees. But you do have some control. Yep. You do have some control. You just need to be across it. Yep. You need to say, how much is your hourly rate? Can you please give me a quote for what it is that we're going to do? And and be across it. But don't let the cost of paying and like and weigh it up. Like you said, Mama, cost mm benefit you know how much money is in the property pool how much are you entitled to how much would it cost to use the lawyer yep is it worth it yeah that's right yeah can you do some of it yourself 
And and people can. You can do our you course. Can do, <laughs> you can do heaps yourself. You can, you can. So so if people are sitting there right now going, oh, I don't know if it's worth it because of the costs, I think a lot of people just need to go see a lawyer once, just once. Yep. It doesn't mean you're going to go to court. Going to see a lawyer does not mean you're going to go to court. I don't know why so many people think that. And going to a lawyer doesn't mean you're going to get divorced either. It's just finding out where you stand, knowing what, what you're entitled to and asking how much is this going to cost and you don't have to say yes I want to proceed with no, that lawyer you don't and that's right and you and you can limit what they do find a lawyer who will let you say look how about I'll give you this much into trust mm-hmm. um but don't go over that because yeah. my instructions only go up to that number brilliant and we're going to do a whole episode on how to use your lawyers and it's going to be a really good one uh, so stay tuned for that coming up but yeah so okay so that's one now the other one that we get is you've heard that other people have had amicable divorces and maybe i don't know people do tend to get divorced you know at a similar age in brackets, like maybe you've got kids in primary school and there's two mums going through divorce with you now or whatever. There's people at work who are going through divorce and you've seen them do their divorce and it was super amicable and it was all awesome. And then you're sitting there and you might have a manipulative controlling or a high conflict and you're like, oh my gosh, there is no way I'm going to be able to do this amicably like those people. And I'm going to be so embarrassed and so ashamed. ashamed. Mm. I think I'm just rather not do it at all. And just basically tell everyone, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the better person. I just walked away. What do you say to the, those people? You're invited to our free webinar. Whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on reserve my seat. Register now for our free webinar to help you make the best decision for your future. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. There is no way I'm going to be able to do this amicably like those people and I'm going to be so embarrassed and so ashamed. ashamed. Mm. I think I'm just rather not do it at all. And just basically tell everyone, oh, yeah, I'm I'm the better person. I just walked away. What do you say to those people? Again, if you can live with it. So find out where you stand. Mm. Um, And it's not your shame. It's your ex's shame if if they are the sort of people that want to fight. Because it takes two people to be amicable. But it only takes one to end up in a in an argument. One mm. one unreasonable person, and you're just being reasonable. You may end up in court. I think uh, just educate yourself on that. Uh, they're lucky, or they're deceiving themselves, maybe. But you know, your situation is what your situation is. That's right. Yeah. It so don't be embarrassed is. and don't be ashamed and don't not do it because no. because you're worried you're not going to be like everybody else. Because fair set to say, Mum, that what, at least half of divorces aren't amicable. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, I think lawyers, I think we settle by consent orders early on, probably about one in ten, one in nine cases of people who come to us, you know, and then the others, um, a lot of them settle once the court gets their their teeth into the case Mm. because there's a big emphasis on mediation. Yeah. Um, and sometimes one person needs just to be told by a court or something what 
of the thing is. So you don't actually, I think only 2% of matters end up as a final contested hearing. Okay. And so your chances of settling earlier are quite high. Right. Yeah. And so don't think it means you go all the way to court. And you can always stop, Mm. like at some some point, uh, you know, and give in to what they want, reach agreement. Okay. If that's what you want. Now, here's another one. Here's another scenario people get. The ex has been with somebody else. You're, you're number two. Yeah. You're number two um, life partner. And you end up going through this whole situation where they've said, oh, my ex took me to the cleaners. They took everything. I've had to start again. How ter- terrible. They've cleaned me out of my super or blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, oh. I don't want to be like that person's ex, and I promised them I would never do that to them. You, what? And then so you feel like you, it's just not worth doing because you promised I'm not going to be like your ex, I'm not going to do it. Turns out you are going to be like their ex. What do you say? I, well, I think that that promise being extracted from you at that time is is not binding on you in any moral sense. Mm. I mean, there might have been a reason why the ex had to fight to mm. get stuff. And sometimes uh, the when people get just their fair share, the other person tells the story that they've, you know, cleaned them out, mm. taken them to the cleaners, never, you oh, know. So it might not even be the truth. Might not be the truth. Do you know, I have a theory that ex-partners should meet with the yeah. prospective partner just before they get together and uh, then... Well, yeah. one of the biggest red flags apparently is when and when you when you meet someone if they say all oh, my exes are crazy if all their exes are crazy <laughs> you know oh she was horrible or he was horrible they are mental they're crazy uh, I, I have heard of someone quite recently who said to me that's what he used to say to her and then he broke up they broke up he got a new partner he's now ex. His new ex has called her and said, I wish I'd believed you. And he told me you were crazy. <laughs> so there's a whole cycle of that. Just just because, you know, you don't want to seem like their old crazy ex. Maybe their ex wasn't crazy. Maybe the ex was dealing with <laughs> a common a a pain com- in the bum. <laughs> yeah, common denominator. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I, I always thought of it as, you know, uh, she doesn't love me anymore, therefore she must be crazy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And there's an Olivia Rodriguez song. I don't know if anyone knows oh, it. really? It just has recently come out and it just says, I remember um, you telling me all your girlfriend, ex-girlfriends were crazy and me joining in and I wish I hadn't. So it's yes. like a, it's for some reason, yeah. So if you're worried about, you know, you that don't want to be up. like their ex, mm. who cares? Well, you already are a little bit like their ex because you're an ex. Yeah. Now you've and, seen the light. And if they are manipulative, controlling, or a narcissistic type, it doesn't matter what you do, they're still going to tell everybody that you're horrible. Right. Yeah. So don't try and hold back going, oh, especially if you've got shared friendship groups or shared workplaces, you don't want to. They're probably, if they're a narcissist or they're manipulative, controlling, they're going to tell everyone you're horrible anyway. You might as well get what you deserve and what's fair. And do you know, sometimes those sort of manipulative and controlling people extract a promise from you as you separate to not tell anyone. Mm. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell your mum. Don't weird. tell your dad. Don't tell Well, it's not when you realise what they do. They tell them that. Don't tell the kids or don't tell this person. And then while you're honouring that agreement, they run around and tell everybody ah. their side of the story. I see that over and over and over again. Really? Yeah. 
Really? So if someone right now is listening, and I do know we've got a lot of listeners who are separated under one roof oh, or dear. about to get separated, and their ex is saying, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Be careful because they might just be running around telling their, getting to everybody first. Po- poisoning the waters, yeah. That's so, what you call it. Yeah, poisoning the well. Because by the time you get to tell your mum, sister, best friends, they've already heard his side of the story. So you'll see them looking at you with one eyebrow up or, mm. um, you know, get a glazed expression because he's probably not only told them the situation but told them what you're likely to say. Mm. So when you tell them that, oh, she's, oh, you know, she's left me, I feel terrible, she reckons I've had an affair, but, you know, I haven't. And then you go to them and say, I've left him, he had an affair, you know, and they go, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so you'll, you'll lose friends and family over mm. that because they get there first. And plus you'd probably want support, wouldn't you? Well, you they don't want to go through it yourself. Yeah, well, they don't want you to have support, see. So they go to the family that you would turn to and the friends that you would turn to and try to turn them to sympathise with them. Wow. And then leave you isolated because you can't tell anyone anyway. Absolutely. And then if you do finally tell them, you find out he's already told them. Wow, or she. So that's a manipulative and controlling tactic to be careful of. It's more common than you know. Okay. All right. Another reason, Mum, two more scenarios to go. When you feel like it's not worth it, your ex or friends or your mother-in-law or some person who knows a lawyer who's, who's watched a TV show about law uh, tells you that you're not going to get much anyway, yes. so don't work, don't bother. What do you say to that? Um, they might be, uh, they could be recruits to the uh, manipulative and controlling person. Mm. Uh, be very special, especially concerned if it's their mother-in-law, mm-hmm. if your mother-in-law. Uh, but it might also be um, that they don't know that they don't know the law. Your situation is different. Um, I, you don't ask sort of what we used to say. Don't ask Daryl in the tea room, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> poor Daryl in the tea room. Yeah. But yeah, so you don't ask people. That aren't, don't have the knowledge. Uh, no, you wouldn't ask your hairdresser what's wrong with your car. Yeah. So you don't take legal advice from your hairdresser either. Mm. But on hair, they're the bomb. They, they know everything. So just it's worth going to see a lawyer and just finding out where you stand. And then if the lawyer says you've got a good chance, you you make your own mind up. But yeah. it's it's always ill-informed what comes from families, other other friends or so forth, because just like our poor lady whose friends have all had amicable separations, Mm. obviously the facts are different and the personalities are different in every case. And every case is different. Every situation, the super, the jobs, the pension, who knows? Like there's so many different factors in in a divorce that you really can't just take advice off people off the street. No. We say as we're giving a podcast (laughs) that is not advice. (laughs) It is education. education. But look, there's a reason why lawyers aren't worried about artificial intelligence taking over their jobs. I don't think you can just put all those facts in and get a proper outcome Mm. out of your chat bot. (laughs) Yeah, if you've been told you're not going to get much and don't bother. But also I think another point to make, because it really is about going to see a lawyer, just to find out where you stand, all of these really are, Um, just because you see a lawyer doesn't mean you go to court. I want that to come through this episode. But also the lawyer has to do what you want. It's not like a lawyer is going to take control. There's so many messages on TikTok that we get where we say, go and see a lawyer, go and see a lawyer, like literally go see a lawyer. And all the comments from certain types of people say, oh, yeah, and they'll take all your money and they'll take over the coast. And, you know, um, that's not what happens, is it, mum? The lawyer has to follow what the client wants. Yeah. yeah? 
That's right. I, I think you need to have your you need to be educated mm-hmm. enough to to control your client, your lawyer to some extent. They must act on instructions, mm. so they don't get to go off on what we used to call a frolic of their own, <laughs> um, having a big fight with the other lawyer and costing you money every time they send a snarky letter back. Keep keep an eye on the process mm. and the course of your case, and guide your lawyer. Mm. And if the tone of your lawyer is aggressive and just beating up the fight, tell them that you don't want that. Tell them yeah. that you don't agree with sending, you know, nasty letters. Mm. And if they don't stop, go somewhere else. Okay. Another way is to just, yeah, recruit them for a very short time for one single thing. Yes. And we're going to do a whole podcast whole on that on very yeah. soon. So the last one, mum, is people feel like it's not worth it because their life is too busy. Because heck, everyone has busy lives, especially if you're now single mumming or single dadding and you've got all the kids most of the time or half of the time or, you know, whatever your arrangements are. And on top of that, you're also doing everything else, probably working and house cleaning and all of it. Yeah. Shout out to those people house cleaning now. Uh, but you, you're too busy. Life's too busy, mum. How how could people, and is it worth people going, nah, I'm not going to do it? It's such a big thing though, isn't it? Mm. I think if you put it off and put it off and put it off, it hangs around the back of your mind like, you know, like old worries and, and it's worth doing. I don't think it's ever as bad as you think it's going to be mm. to get to the bottom of it. At mm. least find out where you stand. And it sounds maybe like when someone's saying, I'm too busy, it might be a procrastination or an avoidant For kind sure. of, you might be avoidant and you might be like, I'm not going to deal with that. Maybe my ex will do it. But, you know, you never know what's going to be around the corner. No, it, 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 that's right. It could be too painful, you think, for you to think about. But it's also quite cathartic. If you if you have to focus it, you will end up, I think, getting over everything more clearly, more more. Uh, closure. You get closure. You get your closure. That's exactly right. You get your closure. So it is worth it. And I, I think sometimes you think about people, you know, say if you found a lump somewhere, mm, mm. Uh, if you don't go to the doctor, you'll worry about it anyway. You might yes. as well go to the doctor, get it tested, mm. see if it is or isn't, and then you're on your way. Mm. Is it malignant? Is it not? And it's the same with this. I think you it, it's good to clear the clutter. But I appreciate that some people just aren't able to cope yet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so t- picking your timing of when yes. is good. And if you're too busy right now and you just because you're probably – you know, still reeling from the actual event that's Mm. caused it all or whatever the reason is that you've broken up. But another thing I'd like to point out to those people who say, oh, but my life's too busy. I knew of someone who did stick their head in the sand and didn't want a bar of it and just kept going on with their day and uh, their life and just didn't deal with it. But then their ex was the one who then took control of the situation. And then it felt like to that person, that poor person was jumping through hoops when they were saying, jump through the hoop, I want your disclosure now, I want this now, when if they'd been the one who had started the process, they kind of would have felt like they had it, they were doing things in their time, not when they were being told to. Does that make yeah, sense? There's the, that's, yeah. And sometimes it can feel like a continuation of the abuse. Mm. And you think, you think to yourself, I got out of that situation, now I'm doing it again. Yeah. And you can feel very resentful. Yeah. So I think it's about taking control of your own yeah. life. And you can look at the bit Uh, like if you do our course you can look at the bits that you need to get done Mm. and go well I could probably manage if I'm really busy I could manage to do you know those those couple of documents and those steps uh, in the school holidays 
uh, and I'll I'll block out that time and I'll do it then, as opposed to waiting for your ex to file something in court and you having a time limit. What's the time limit to respond to a filed document? It's usually 28 days. So you've got 28 days to do everything in it in maybe while you've got a massive project on at work. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're the one who is writing those first letters or, mm. or asking for mediation, uh, you've got time to prepare the documents in your own time and serve them and yes. then the clock starts ticking for them. Yes. I think there's not that much difference in your obligations for disclosure and the job that you have to do between the applicant and the respondent. So if you start first, you've still got to do all the work. Yeah. If they start first, they've still got to do all the work. Um, but it, there's something about it coming from the other side yes. that can rankle. And a 28-day uh, deadline is, as yes. opposed to you could take like three months to do it yes. and then they're the one with the 28-day deadline. Is this too corny? I'm thinking of the knee operation. Yeah. So you go home and you're thinking about whether you want it or not. Next thing you know, it's booked and the ambulance is getting <laughs> oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I haven't packed my bag. I haven't organised <laughs> babysitters. I have the kids. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. there is an element of that. Yeah. And here's another tip for people who are actually married and want to get the divorce. Mm. Now, remember, if you get a divorce or if they do, you've got 12 months to get your property settlement sorted. Yeah. Um, and the court otherwise might not hear it, usually won't hear it. You have to have a good reason. Yeah. But in the divorce, it, there, it used to be cheaper if you did a joint divorce. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it is anymore. Ah. And so there's some satisfaction in being the one who does the divorce. Mm. And the way the orders come out is re read like you have divorced your ex, which is a, quite a nice feeling if you're trying to <laughs> if bail you out. you want it to be yes. that. So if they start property settlement on you and you want to get some power back, do the divorce thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all education. Are we laughing about Go and divorce? see a lawyer. We are, um, um, I know. But look, I think it's all about um, mindset. So yeah. when you feel like it's not worth it, so we've looked at the scenarios, you think your ex is too smart and they're, they're going to outsmart you, mum said, don't worry, the court has seen everything. Mm -hmm. If your ex is lawyered up and you think the fight's going to be too hard, don't worry. Well you, you can you can control how much of that you let into and, your life. And why is your ex prepared to spend that much money? Yes, then that is a worry. <laughs> so you should definitely not say it's too hard, not worth it. The other scenario that we talked about is you think, oh, there's not much property or there's not much assets. What's the point? Mum's talked about that in case of Farmer and Bramley. Oh, good girl. Yes, yeah. I remembered that. <laughs> um, and, and how important it is to make sure that you close off that deal and close that door so you can move forward without looking over your shoulder. Hmm. The other one is lifestyle too busy well here's the here's the reality check if they start doing all the stuff for it it's going to be life's too busy and I've got this 28 day deadline or I've got to do all this at when they say as opposed to you doing it in your own time and scheduling to your schedule and at least at least you're doing it when you can find the time yep and then you don't want to be like their ex and what do you say to that again, Mum? You already are. You already are. You're an ex. <laughs> you are an ex. And I'll bet you that your former partner will tell his next partner that you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then the other scenario was you've been told you might not get that much and, Mum, you've said just go find out. Find out from a Find lawyer. out yourself from a professional. Another scenario was you might you think it's too hard because you're worried about court. Yes, and and that's only two percent of people. Yes. so end up right the way at the end on yep. a trial. Brilliant. Court doesn't mean you get in the witness box right away. Yeah, 
Yeah, so mum's saying there's a very small amount of people who end up in a witness box in a trial if they're going through a divorce. So don't think that that's going to happen to you. It might, but at least take that fear out a little bit. Um, Costs, you know, you can control the costs. Go and find out how much it is. Don't stick your head in the sand. Just go ask. It's not, it's not. What's your hourly rate? Yeah, just ask. How much are you going to cost? If if you're thinking it's too hard and you don't want to do it just because of the kids and you want to keep the peace for the kids, as mum said, you set up your boundaries. You, You decide when it comes into your day-to-day life you don't expose your children to it mm, and right. you and can work, control your behavior yep try to control your behavior and your reactions mm-hmm. and do you crying in the shower yeah. <laughs> i don't know how healthy that is but sure <laughs> well, well you can't be doing it, yes, doing it in front, in front of, the kids. of the kids yes but basically what you're saying mum is you can have your peace and do this it's you can't control what your ex does you can't control their actions but you can control your reactions i, I think standing up to your ex and not reacting it's like exercise the mm. more you do it the better you get at yeah, it the yeah. weightlifting so flex that muscle flex that muscle and the other one is you are guilted or shamed into just giving in or too hard basket because everybody else you know has had an amicable one and you you know you're a good person you know you're amicable but it takes two to tango it, to be amicable it does just tell them your ex is special <laughs> <laughs> or it's nobody's business. That's true as well. And aren't they lucky that theirs was so smooth? That's right. And maybe if you truth talk about your circumstances, some other, other poor will. girl or bloke at school is going to feel uh, not so excluded. Mm. You know, it's 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 like, like those people who deny they've had a facelift. You know the movie yes, stars? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I didn't have a facelift. And there is this trend, and I know we're going over time, but the trend in Hollywood at the moment what was for the last, you know, 10, 10 years was oh, they'd send out this press release. We're divor- divorcing, we're separating amicably, uh, we res- both love each other very much and we respect our, you know, blah, 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 blah. Every single Hollywood couple seemed to have done that for a while. Conscious uncoupling. Yes, yeah. And it put pressure, like a celebrity who has all of a sudden lost lots of weight or a celebrity who is 70 with no wrinkles, puts pressure on people who live in reality, thinking, oh, that's how I should be and that's what I should do. But the reality is no. There are very few families that are able to be so amicable. Yeah. After all, yeah, you know, and I'm sure if you guys at home had a PR team, you could probably get, you know, a team of but, therapists. But who cares what other yeah. people think? And you're not in Hollywood; it's not going to affect your acting career. Just go and get what's fair and just. That's right. You never hear, you never see Hollywood stars posting about how it's a real, um, you know, stress fest, and, yes. and we got we've we've separated, and we're really going at it, hammer and tongs. Yes. Yeah. No. So <laughs> so so that's not reality, and don't put that pressure on yourself, and don't be guilted into shame or shamed into getting what's fair for you. And your kids, if you've got kids. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mum, for going through those scenarios. I hope we've um, tapped on somebody's shoulder while they've been listening today and they're maybe having a second thought about giving in or not bothering because, you know, we care about you guys and we want you to have your best future and and we don't want you to get stuck like you could be if you choose to give up. That's right. That's right. So go see a lawyer. Yes. And uh, (laughs) if you're cleaning right now, stop. Go and have a cup of tea. (laughs) And some chocolate. All right. And some chocolate. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. 
Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.